Punisher Reese please. Oh, and then I can have my bourbon? Yeah. Yes. All right, I can't well, have any bourbon until wait. you finish your Riesling. <laughs> Is that a challenge to shotgun this Riesling? Because I will. <laughs> Just, I will. Anyway. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome to Some Nerds Have a Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And I'm Alex. And I'm the only sober one tonight. Hooray! Yeah, but you got coronavirus. So. I, I do. I'm dying He has the corona. Or it's tree pollen. One of the two. In Virginia, it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell. Oh my god, though. What if, like, because I keep seeing all of these reports about different areas in Virginia where they're like, and these people have the corona, and these people have the corona. And I'm like, what if it all comes back and it's just tree pollen? I did see, <laughs> like, I, I saw one, I don't know if it was a, um, I don't know if it was a satire page or not, because I didn't bother to check. I think it was a satire. I just saw, yeah. did you see the, did you see the headline? Yeah. Or was just like the, the one confirmed case somewhere, I can't remember where it was, it's just like a hangover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, do remember, dry cough is one of the, the symptoms that I recall. But I don't have a dry cough. Have I have a, a very cough. phlegmy cough. A wet cough. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. That's what's making me feel like, and the you know, mm-hmm. it is also if you look at the tree, the tree pollen count for the last like four or five days. Oh, here I in know. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, know you know. I know. But yeah, this whole weekend I was just kind of, and like the last two days. Today was the first day I've been to work all week. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I left the house since Friday. Mm. Um, it yeah. was. It was bad. Like, there was a few days there I could barely stand to get off the couch. I just felt like absolute dog shit. Yes? Man flu. It's really bad. It's it's a thing. I well, I don't know what to say. I mean, I had a fever. Like it wasn't like I just had the cold or something. I had a fever. I mm-hmm. was aching all over. No, and I kept telling you to go to urgent care or go to a doctor, you know. and you were just like, "Oh no, I'm fine." And I was like, "You're patient zero for corona," and he's like, "I'm fine." There were two days when you were like, "You should go to the doctor." One day you didn't get home until eight thirty, and I didn't want to bother you after that. The second day I no longer had a fever, so I didn't need to. So there, meh. <laughs> <laughs> this is my 33-year-old yep. husband. I'm an adult. Such an adult. Look at this adult. Adulting. Oh, Besides, again, do you have going to the doctor money? I have I decent insurance, I think. That I'm not on. I got cough on a boomer money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can we can drive around and like... Go to like, go to like the, the, the very famous like colony that's around here mm-hmm. for old people mm-hmm. and just oh like just cough, <laughs> just cough just on things like door handles <laughs> mailboxes mailboxes <laughs> terrible i think this is some sort of crime that we're talking about i feel like it's chemical warfare <laughs> so it's not just a crime it's a, it's it's a, a war, war crime. crime yeah i mean this is like the modern day equivalent of launching corpses over the walls <laughs> But, you know, we're just gonna go nuts. We're gonna go drive around a gated community, yeah. just cough around all the look, Nick mansions we look, see. Look, if I'm Super dying, Tuesday results, they brought yeah. it on themselves. Right. Okay. <laughs> if I'm if I'm dying of a communicable disease, you had better believe that I'm that that is going to be my Make a Wish Foundation wish. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take as many people over the age of sixty five with me as possible. Oh, that's my parents. <laughs> it's my parents too. <laughs> They're not innocent in this. They know what they did. <laughs> they brought me into this world. <laughs> anyway. What's uh, hilarious is like watching Gen Z's reaction. Yeah. 
and they are like even more nihilistic. Oh my than god! Well, because because kids, like from what I understand, like they're just carriers. Right. They don't actually show symptoms. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like they don't give a fuck. One of one they're of, like, if I die, I die, and I'm just like. One of my coworkers today told me that they were hearing uh, that they heard a teenager the other day say uh, that you know they wish they had coronavirus so they could spread it to other people, and I'm like, I agree with that. <laughs> But I can't say that I agree I think, with that without you thinking I'm crazy, so... I feel like all the millennials, we need to, like, take Gen Z aside, and yeah. we're like, you... There are thoughts that you have no. that you can't no. say No, 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 no. No, say, I, believe, I believe it. exactly the yeah. opposite. I feel like Gen Z needs to take the rest of the, like, millennials away and be like... Because I feel like most millennials don't hang out with Gen Z enough. They are, like they need they need to listen to them more because it's I, like when I believe the children look, are the future. In the sense that when the apocalypse comes, <laughs> Gen Z will ride eternal on Fury Road. Oh my god. And we're all I gonna mean, be just, like trying to figure out how you, to make our like polycule commune need, work. You need to sign up with that or get the fuck out of the way. Ride or die with Gen Z. Oh well, my god. They're Generation Z because they're the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Generation Omega. God, I feel like they know it too. And yeah. they're just, oh my god. Every, I don't think I've met a single goddamn Zoomer that doesn't have a, a serious death wish. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Gonna yeah. eat ourselves into climate change. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, children. Uh, uh, they're well, great. Yeah. Mm. It's great. <laughs> it's accelerationism at its finest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm every day. I mean, every day that goes by. I'm honestly, just like... honestly, I think we need to introduce the Zoomers to po- po- posetism. <laughs> Is that the form of communism that has space dolphins? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all I know about I think it. Be down. They're like already halfway there with communism. I mean, like, and, like that's the other thing. A lot of not every Gen Z, <laughs> but many a Zoomer. I have talked to many a Zoomer who is fond of communism. Yeah. This, this is the, the, the wave of communism that developed in Cuba in, like, the 70s when people were just getting shit on drugs. Nice. And, like, they, they came to the conclusion, well, obviously if there are space-faring creature, you know, species out there, then they must have gone through communist revolutions because oh, otherwise yeah, they would have destroyed themselves through... Star Trek. Yeah. So if that's the case, then... <laughs> Uh, then in order for them to actually come to us, we need to prove that we are worthy, and so we need to blow up all the world's nukes at the same time to destroy this planet to save it. And Wait. the dolphins, the dolphins are actually Is that communists. how Metal Gear Solid Five ends? <laughs> the dolphins are actually secretly alien communists that are from space. Cool. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> I'm down. So it was like a whole bunch, like somebody read like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and like Communist Manifesto at the same time. <laughs> and did a shit bunch and of drugs in a, Cuba. Yeah, a whole bunch of drugs. That's actually, I'm down for that. I and mean, that's, this is, this is what I'm into. Now. I, yep. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just here for it. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, the new wave. That's now, unfortunately they are Trotskyites. So oh, okay. That's, oh, that's, that's why I'm back for... out. <laughs> Uh, uh, Trotsky, everyone's everyone. No matter where you are on the political compass, yeah, everybody hates Trotsky. Comp- <laughs> uh, anyway, even other Trotskyists hate <laughs> Trotsky. I'm pretty sure that that's you put a rift in the party, or 
Or is it Trotsky hates Trotskyists? You Trotskyites are a contentious bunch. <laughs> you just made an enemy for life. I guess it would be with a Russian accent, yeah. which I can't do. No, it's yeah, usually fine. with like a, a Californian accent because it's like five different Trotskyite parties from California and they all have are. different newspapers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just get one newspaper, people. No. <laughs> there's... I mean, there's like, what, like three, four different Trotskyist parties in France, something like that. I mean, it's... Why can't we live in a cool country? I don't know. Maybe this is what I was talking about last night in my incoherent babblings. I just love that, like, all of the... All of, like, the plane ticket prices have just plummeted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're uh, willing willing to... Yeah, death trip. Just get all the kids with coronavirus on the planes and just be like, hey, free plane ride. Almost free. Worldwide death trip. (laughs) Listen, I'm just saying, we could have coronavirus here... Or we could go to a regular country that has universal health care, mm-hmm. and we could have coronavirus there. I mean, apparently Italy is, like, just, like, shitting itself. Yeah. Like, just all blockading off everything. Just, like, the whole country's shut down. Like, it turned into... No, but, like, it's... Okay, yes, it is shut down, and that is sad. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you don't have to pay your, your mortgage anymore. Like, they put a moratorium on all debt collecting. But you can't get in. Oh. That's the problem. Yeah. That's what I mean by it's shut off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that... what's a country I can still get in? Can I still get into uh, Great Britain? Have they not fucked up? Have they not shot yeah, themselves you, you in the Yeah, you can get into yet? Great Britain. I don't know why you would want to. Well, because they have, go to, I mean, as long as go Boris to Johnson. Go yeah. to Scotland. Yeah. I don't know. Was... We could go back did, to Iceland, baby. Let's go back to Iceland. What did Boris Johnson say the other day? He said something incredibly stupid, and I can't remember what it was. It was like, um, like, like bafflingly dumb. Do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? Uh, no, not really. All right, I, look- I stopped following UK politics when uh, Corbyn said he was going to resign when the new election happened. Yeah, hold on, give me one second. Let me let me see if I can find it. Ferdinand, what are you um, doing? Boris Johnson, uh, Corona. Here we go. Um, I like how our cat finds things and he's like, I will destroy this now. Woo! You're a Zoomer. <laughs> Does he have Zoomies? <laughs> Does he have Zoomies? Aw, kitty Zoomies. Oh, God, I can't find it now. This is great content. Uh, oh, this is the best content. <laughs> how about that there, uh, Bernie Sanders? Do we want to talk about that? Our Bernie update? Burning, burning Sanders? Oh, burning Sanders. I read a tweet. I don't know if it was correct. But somebody was like, you know, at this point in the primary cycle, Obama was like 300 candidates behind. So, or 300 delegates behind. So, I don't know. How, how many God, how many candidates so was it down to by that fuck. point? I th- it was it was only ever it was only ever uh, Obama and Hillary in 08. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Unless there was like a third person that no one remembers, like Martin O'Malley. O'Malley. Like, there might have been. <laughs> O'Malley. There might have been someone like that. In was there. that person Biden? No. no. Well, me. No. No, he wasn't. Okay. Um, because I think the last time he ran was 2004, but I I might be wrong about that. Go um, O'Malley. I'm sorry. I, I don't know, but whatever the case may be, Michigan really? Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan. Uh, I, there's also, like, a lot of suspicious bullshit going on, as I mean, always. To, to, quote, to quote our favorite giant from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's happening again. It is happening again. again. I just, like, I don't know. And then um, Democrats are trying to push for an emergency paid sick leave bill 
Um, and oh. Republicans are blocking. Oh yeah, no, that 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 got crushed in the Senate. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's like every like all good things. Yeah. The Senate, where good things go to die. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> but it's like, why can't you do, like, I just I just don't understand. Well, nothing, what nothing what good. don't you understand? If poor people need to just shut up, behave, and die. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they're going to die. They should do it. And they should the bloody well do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I also watched Christmas Carol. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, it's just a movie, right? It's not based off of anything. It's a it's, book. It's yeah. inspired by real life events, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's inspired by every day, every <laughs> single day that passes, from the dawn of time till now. From the dawn of capitalism. Well, fair enough. Well, I don't know. The dawn of currency. (laughs) The dawn of hierarchies until now. The dawn of currency, which has a specific dawn. Yeah, I know. In Lydia. Which is also the dawn of time, because that's around the same time that we started writing things down. No, we started writing down things way before then. Really? All right, nerds. Like like the coin, like the actual coin. Oh, fair enough. Started existing like around. But I mean, writing got, you you know this, but for our (laughs) listeners, writing was invented uh, in order to collect on debts more efficiently. Kind of. It was, it was collected to keep track of temple surpluses and grain and and sheep surpluses of, of tribute given to the gods, which is technically different Uh, from taxes. I mean, it's, it's taxes, but it's not debts so much. What I'm saying is that um, things went to shit when we stopped building ziggurats. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Ugh, nerds. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that the creation of the ziggurat was probably a bad idea in the first place. What with its physical representation of... <laughs> of a mountain? Of Well, of people at the top and people at the bottom. That was the problem. The ziggurat is supposed to represent a mountain because that's where they, those societies believed that the gods resided. Mm-hmm. But they no longer lived and in places were... that had mountains. So they needed to and... build their own. And why am I talking about Sumerian history to you ruled, listeners? They were ruled by people who were like, yeah, we're, we speak to the gods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait, you Give us your grain. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> What I'm saying is that things went to shit when they started having kings. The, the Lugalim. Why am I talking about the Lugalim? You don't care about the Lugalim. Nope. Nobody cares about the Lugalim except for me. Mesopotamians, Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbanipal, and Gilgamesh. Anyway. I think this this podcast has gone off the rails, so maybe yeah. we should talk a little bit about some of the media that we've consumed. Oh, oh, so, so much. So goddamn much. I mean, you've been sick for the I've been time. sick for like four days, yeah. and so I sat on my ass, and I watched stuff, and I played video games, because I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, got a fuck lot. You. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck I, you. I physically could not do anything else. I would have rather gone do other things. I was dying. It felt like everything was dying, and all I could. So why do didn't you go to the? Why didn't you go to the doctor? Because I, no one was around to take me to the doctor. I could have taken you to the doctor. That's I had the true. Day I off. could have asked Alex. Yeah, I said that if there's anything <laughs> I could do to help, I'm literally downstairs. And I'm you being said, splashed no, by I'm water. <laughs> you, you hear this, Elise? You hear this? I offered to help him. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't want Men. to be a bother. All right. 
Anyway. That's why he doesn't want to ask for directions either. <laughs> I have a GPS! <laughs> Let's make generalizations about men! I don't, I, don't, um. I don't care if it's someplace I've been like a million times before. I'll just put on my GPS. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I do, do we want to talk about things? And then let him settle into his eons-long rant? Yep. Well, why don't, why don't you talk about what you have to talk about first? Um, okay. Because I because I didn't have a Terror Tuesday. Like, I think mm. both Tuesdays? We no, someone was sick. Yeah, la- the, the one before was, yeah. But anyway, so what did you... Um. Okay, so a friend of mine convinced me to watch the first episode of Dracula. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have on Netflix. Yes. We keep talking about yeah, it. We, we haven't keep... watched it yet. Yeah. So it is Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss, mm. which fans of the podcast... <laughs> We'll know how I feel about Stephen Moffat. You love him, right? Um, he's your favorite? Okay, you're going to have more than the corona to worry oh about as soon in a second. Speaking my of love. death wishes. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hate Stephen Moffat. And my friend was like, yeah, we should watch it. And so, much like Sherlock. Okay, also, we just need to talk about how there is, like, not a 19th century title that they have not like touched like what the fuck is next like and i feel like i've already made this joke on the podcast we like did. we did like the secret garden anyway minds of solomon um, but i actually sat down and watched it and so it's um three hour and a half long episodes because apparently that's how we make television now it is in the bbc and it's like all right you have six half hour long BBC. episodes it's, just, oh, it's, it's a netflix original oh is it i thought yeah. it was but like... stephen moffitt's was always working with a... the bbc I... so he doesn't know anything yeah. else um I'm all right i can sure. do six half hour long episodes or we can do three hour and a half long episodes that's it but anyway so but unlike everything else that they've done um Unlike everything else that they've done, it's not apparently a, like, modernized version. Um, Like, it's set in the 19th century. They take all of, like, the sexual subtext and just Just make make it it text. And just make it text. And super liminal. Super liminal. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so, I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's interesting. The main character is a lawyer who gets brought to live with Dracula. Dracula, Dracula. like, (laughs) sucks off his essence. Guys, have you heard of this book called Dracula? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, like, the one thing that's changed, and it's kind of a spoiler for three quarters away through the episode. So does anybody care? No. Okay, so the whole story is being told, um, it's being, like, it's a retelling, or, like, the framing device for the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's basically what it is. Um, the framing device for the first movie is um, this guy has escaped Dracula's castle and he's he's sought refuge at this nunnery and he's retelling his story to these two nuns. And my friends and I are sitting there and we've watched a fuck ton of Moffat shit over the years. And we've been like, all right, what's the deal? Are the nuns Dracula? Are the nuns undead? All of the like, nuns are Dracula. <laughs> the nuns are Dracula. <laughs> like, like, we kept, like, sitting there and, like, bet, like right. what's going to be the twist? Because, I'm, like, she can't just be a nun. I want to pause here for a second and just kind of reiterate that in the original source material, that actually is what happens to Jonathan when he escapes Dracula's castle. Oh, really? Because he gets taken in by nuns. Oh, okay. Continue. So tell me right. how Moffat screws that up. <laughs> um, 
He's gotta so, go kill Dress from Dracula's. So it's this nun who's like kind of lost her faith. And she's super obsessed with, like, the occult, and she's kind of become, like, an expert. And and these oh, nine God. kids need a nanny for this wealthy... <laughs> 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 just halfway through, it just becomes Sound of Music. Oh, it was very that's what weird. I'm waiting for. Um, that's what you wish it was. And so... And anyway, at one point, like, so she's testing all, like, the vampire legends, and she throws some of her blood at... Dracula who's at the gate and he can't come in and she's like ha 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 and she's trying to figure it out and then he's like your name's Agatha and she's like yeah whatever and he goes you're from Holland and it's like yeah that's my accent good job and he's like your last name is Van Helsing oh my god oh no fucking boo (laughs) boo so it's Agatha Van Helsing So it's Agatha Van Helsing who is taking on Dracula in a nunnery. There's... Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Mm. Mm. And that was, to be fair, not any of the twists that we had batted around. Because that is dumb. (laughs) What is is it dumb? She's a strong female character. Oh my god. Why can't Van Helsing be a woman? You can't, Do you hate women? You can't. Because there first of all, A, there is already a strong female protagonist in Dracula. Like Oh, Nina has definitely been reduced down oh, to like Ooh, double boo. Like, ooh. Whining bisexual. I mean, as a bisexual, it was nice. But at the same time, she's just like she's got pretty strong bi vibes in the in the original book, though. Fair, like but that's it, fair. Like she writes like the fucking opener is like this this like she's like ha 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 like I I don't know I I have a lot of feelings about bisexual stereotypes mostly because I fall into a lot of them. <laughs> but like so the opening sequence is like Jonathan is reading a letter from. From Mina, that's just like, ha, 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 like, I lo- I'll always love you. I can't wait to get married. And while you're away, don't worry about having, like, you can have sex with whoever you want. Here's a list of all the people I'm going to have sex with. And maybe I'll have sex with the barmaid at the Rose and Crown. Ha, 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 ha. And that is, like, your introduction to Mina. That hurts me so and, like, much. She spends I... the rest. Oh, no, it turns out she's the other nun. Is she the- Mina? Mina is like what? As she dresses up as a nun so she can hear Jonathan's story. That and makes then it's less like, than zero sense. Yeah, and it's like a big reveal. Like, oh, you've told your whole story to Mina, and she still loves you. And like, she is reduced to like a crying, sniveling pile of shit. Oh my god! And totally fucks up. Like, fucks over everybody in the series. I am personally waiting for the Moffat, the traditional Moffat, because he really could only write two types of female characters. Um, and I am personally waiting for some time in the middle movie. I am sure Mina is suddenly going to be able to like know Kung Fu and like karate chop like Dracula in (laughs) half with a, you know, with a chair or something. I don't know. Like, I'm sure she's going to like be unlocked and start wearing pants. And now I know how to fight. Can I, because that's fucking Stephen Moffat. Can I say what I hate the most about this? Okay, sure, sure. Um, so first of all, like I fucking love Dracula. Like it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a great book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and Mina for for a 19th century like Victorian woman character written by a male writer. Mina Harker is probably one of the best. Oh, she's Mina Murray. She's Mina. Yeah, well, that's Mina her. Murray that's Murray. her. That's her maiden name, and oh, then she and then marries she Jonathan Harker. Yeah, she's probably one of the best um, because she is very much like the prim proper Victorian lady, but she's got agency and she like does shit. She's not just the shrieking violet. There is that character in the book. Yeah. But Mina has more stuff to do that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to badass her up, it's actually really easy to do. Like um, in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Mina is one of the main characters in the comic series. And it's like, she's basically the same character. It's like, it's after the events of Dracula. She got bit, but she's not like converted to a vampire. And so she's just kind of got these like kind of spooky powers, but she doesn't really use them. She's just like really smart. And, like, bosses all the other characters around, which, considering they're all men, it's, like, she's a great leader. She's just this very powerful, like, persona. Yeah, that's not who she is in the series. Could you have that? Like, if you're going to do something with it, take from a better writer, please. Just steal what Alan Moore already did to me. No, she's totally, like, sniveling and being, like, Johnny Blue Eyes. My Johnny. Like, that's literally oh, what she God. does. That like, is... once you find out that it's Mina, and then that's pretty much what she does until the end. But it's like, yeah. It, um, And in, then Van Helsing. In Dracula, Agatha in, Van Helsing in the is, book, yeah. after Jonathan escapes um, from Dracula's castle, he winds up in a nunnery, and, like, Mina's all worried about him because she hasn't heard. Well, she's been getting these fake letters, but she knows they're not from him. And then she finally gets a real letter from Jonathan, you know, saying that Jonathan's in this... Um, in this convent um, and he's on death's door and she leads this entire like convoy to go rescue him basically it's she's a great character like you don't have to do anything with that yeah she's already great yeah i know i don't know not what happens i mean you can also do there's also that same thing with um what's her name from from sherlock the 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 female thief oh that's um, in that one adler yes irene adler yeah that it's like, oh, here's this other, like, great female character. What are we going to do? Let's make her a sexy dominatrix for no reason. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Because that's what Stephen Moffat does. No. Oh, but you know what's the worst part? I'm yeah. sorry. Just that's one sorry. more thing. <laughs> um, so, you know how you mentioned, like, she gets the real letter that says he's at the con or yeah. that he's at the convent. Um, you want to know how Agatha Van Helsing was able to get that letter to him? How? To her, how she knows a detective in London. Oh my God! Yeah. Don't you even say it. <laughs> that's what. That's what the line is. Oh, is that it? And uh, I have a detective friend in London. Oh God, it could be so much worse. And I said, I said, boo. <laughs> I sat there and I yelled, boo. <laughs> I booed at the screen. I booed. booed the, I was. So I, was I was saying boo. When I recognized it, I booed. <laughs> I booed. <laughs> The worst part is, is it's like it's got all of the like glitz and glam of a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. So it's like the CGI budget is through the roof. Like they got like it is like, and this is why you know it's a Netflix and it's not a BBC because it is like everything's beautiful. All the special effects are good. All the makeup is good. All the costumes are great. Like fucking like they're not cutting corners on anything. 
Yeah. Well, so, we'll always the, have the um, the Gary Oldman version. Uh, so, I when when you mentioned Van Helsing. Agatha Van Helsing. Agatha Van Helsing. Shut Say up. her oh name. Oh my god, please stop saying it. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was suddenly transported back and reminded of the terrible uh, Netflix, like sci-fi original TV show that I saw on, on Netflix called Van Helsing, which was... Oh lord. <laughs> it, which was a modern uh, vampire zombie apocalypse story. Huh. Oh god. Um, with... A Seafy Channel original budget. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> for both effects Sounds and writing. Great. Yeah, do no. You, do you mind if I spoil something for um, what we do in the shadows? Okay. Um, so if you're going to do a Van Helsing reveal. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. End of, what was it, season two or season one? I think there's only been one season okay. so far, hasn't there? Um, end of the season... Um, Guillermo, 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 Del Toro, um, does a like DNA test, like you know, one of those like at home like DNA test, and he gets his results back, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, some of these things I knew, like Guatemala and blah blah blah, and then oh, we're from Holland, oh surnames, Van Helsing. And it's like, that's how you do a Van Helsing reveal. It's like like, the end of the last episode of the first season. Because like... (laughs) He keeps like accidentally killing vampires the whole season. And you're like, what's that? And like, oh, that's funny. It's Yeah, because he's He's like... He's so bad at his job. And then it's like at the end. And then it's like, he gets the DNA test. And it's like, oh, you might be related to Van Helsing. And it's like, that's good. (laughs) That's how you do a Van Helsing reveal. Not, not... Because he's like sucking on his finger because he's sucking his blood, uh, her blood off of the finger. Jesus, and it's like, his name's Agatha from Holland. Van Helsing. And it's just like, I can't. <laughs> Boo. So, you know, I'm going to watch the next two episodes. Of course. Um, so, those are my thoughts on Dracula. I do, I'm glad that it's not a modernization because that's kind of what I was expecting. I, um, it didn't look like it. I saw, I saw too much of the it. trailers to, to yeah. yeah. Well, the only thing I had heard was <laughs> Stephen Moffat Dracula, and so that is automatically where my mind went. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can oh you my god, you it. can like just see where he's recycling all of his Sherlock and all of his fucking Doctor Who episodes, and it's like just put it in a meat grinder mm-hmm. and and smush it into see a Dracula form, like. <laughs> Man, Ugh. speaking of sexy nuns, <laughs> do we want to what talk, a transition? Do we want to talk about the small hours? With oh, the little, the hours? little hours! Oh, I mean, we can't give up a transition like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, I had to go with um, it. Yeah, sexy so what nuns. Um. So this was a a a, uh, a goofy sex comedy that Elise and I watched, starring set in, set in 14th century <laughs> Italy. Um, in a convent. Starring Alison Brie. Based off the Decameron. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Starring Alison Brie, um, Kate Aubrey Mikuchi, Plaza, yeah. Kate McCoochin. McCoochie. McCoochie. Um, Nick Offerman. Uh, the, Ma- Ma- uh, Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Um, um and the- John y- C. Riley. John C. Riley. And the younger, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Franco's James younger Fra- brother. Whose name is- Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Thank you. Um- Oh my god, it's so good. Um, it is, it is, 
you get the summary of it's a 14th century sex comedy set or like a it's a sex comedy set in a 14th century nunnery mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, that's everything i need to know and <laughs> i've never read the decameron um it's super duper long um and italian but from everything that i know about it uh, about medieval literature i was watching it and i'm like you know all of the ridiculous shit in this movie is probably in the original source material <laughs> Where it's like they they keep taking a donkey out as like an excuse to leave the convent and like there's witchcraft and what like what else what are the other so, like okay, ridiculous so the, the things basic, that happen the basic overview of it so it starts off in the in the convent and we just kind of get a sense of our three main characters um, Aubrey Plaza and Kate Micucci are two are two nuns um, who are kind of lifers I guess in the convent. Yeah. And then there's one that's like, if you know medieval history at all, sometimes you just, you know, you just get put there for safekeeping for a little bit with until your family can afford a dowry for you. And that's Alison Bree's character um, is there. She's like waiting for her father to raise a dowry so she can get married. And that's like, eh, you know, business isn't doing so well, sweetheart. Maybe, you know, maybe you just stay here and make your little textiles and, you know, pray to Jesus, you know, maybe you're just, maybe that's what it's meant for you, you know, not a life of, you know, happiness and being a wife and raising a family, but, you know, staying here and, and making stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like, we get introduced to them and then we get introduced to Dave Franco's character, who is a servant in the, the house of this Lord, who's played by Nick Offerman. Um, and he is, having sex with the Lord's wife uh, and gets caught and he runs back to the servants quarters to try to hide. And the, the Lord, it's too dark for him to see anything. Cause it's the middle ages. You can't just, you know, have a light. It was the dark. Ages. It was the dark ages. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> it actually wasn't, but no. that's a whole other okay. So he goes in and he like cuts a lock off of his hair and he's like, all right, so in the morning I'll know who you are. So he gets up and goes to all the other servants and cuts a lock. And immediately I was like, this is absolutely based off of something from medieval literature because that is 100% the kind of ridiculous shit that happens in these stories. (laughs) So yeah, he just, and in the morning they were like, what happened? Oh my God. And they were like, I guess it It was was demons. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't prove it wasn't a demon. (laughs) That was like, the was that was the demons. line that I don't know. It was also it was <gasps> that and, and the turtle, the turtle at the end oh. at the end when they go like so things happen spoilers but it's not you can still like you can have spoiler you can be spoiled it for is, this movie and it is one hundred percent worth watching even if you yeah. know everything that happens because okay. like, just the dialogue's hilarious. So the at the climax. Um, everything's revealed. Oh, God, yeah, the turtle. Okay. That, that like, Dave Franco has run away from the Lord. Yeah, and, and he gets like, captured and brought back. Aubrey Plaza's a witch. Anyway, so he gets, like, caught and brought back to the Lord. And the nuns, the three girls are like, okay, we got to go save him. Um, so they make a fake, they make, like, a doll or puppet version of Dave Franco to, like, throw in the cell. Because it's the Dark Ages, so, like, nobody can see. And so they, like, they go to the Lord's uh, house, and then to distract the guards, they put a candle on a turtle. (laughs) And just the turtle (laughs) walks by, and the guards just follow it off. They're like, man, look at this turtle. Where's he going? (laughs) What's he doing? Why is he got a 
candle in his back. I mean, this is the dark ages. We <laughs> yeah. can't see. We gotta follow yeah. that light. But it's just I mean, it's like, another they talk one of about these... it. Yeah, but that's like, what it makes it They're so... just like they're talking about it. Like, damn, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That what makes that is what makes this movie so great is because they take those like weird little like plot points from a medieval story where it's like. All right, I guess I can see like why that would happen, but it's like people in those stories all talk in this very elevated, poetic manner usually. Um, so they get rid of that, and they get That's rid like of the that first thing. And they so cut. I, I think one of my, the best parts of the movie is when you know one of the one of the plot points is that the nuns hate the gardener at the convent. Because he keeps looking at them. And so it's like Kate McCoochie and uh, Aubrey and Plaza. Aubrey Plaza are walking and talking together. And the gardener's just there gardening. And he like looks up as they go by. And Aubrey Plaza just goes, don't you fucking look at us. Yeah, don't look at us. And they like pick stuff up and start throwing them at him. <laughs> so would you recommend this I would, to students of, of yes, Italian medieval yeah, literature? Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> like, it, it, even if you're not, like if you, if, Obviously, if you have an interest, if you're like a weirdo like me and have an interest in medieval literature, you absolutely need to watch this movie because, again, I'm not I've not read this particular story that it's based off of, but I can guarantee you the actual plot is all is probably exactly what is in the original text. Well, it sounds like you need to sit down and watch, I, read the Decameron. I mean, I'm not going to read all of it. That thing's like a thousand pages long. Yeah, audiobook. It's fine. <laughs> it's it is it's. So the the it's it's like the um, Canterbury Tales mm-hmm. except it was finished, um, where it's oh burn Chaucer damn, down for da- what damn Chaucer <laughs> pro- died under mysterious <laughs> circumstances following the reign of Richard the Second. Whoa. Ooh, um, oh. Anyway, <laughs> um, so would you like the- about to ruin this man's whole career? <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. Would you, would you like the bourbon now that you finished the wine? So, oh, yes, actually. Um. <laughs> so the Decameron, Decameron was finished, but it's, it's, a, it's a frame story. Um, Chaucer was actually in Italy for a while and probably got the idea for doing a similar kind of frame story from reading the Decameron because mm-hmm. um, he spoke Italian and was like a, an envoy to the Italian court from England for a bit. <laughs> Which, yeah, people, didn't you know that? Yeah. Which Italian court, though? Um, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's true. There would have been many of them, but yeah, he was, he was, well, maybe not the court, but he was, he was an envoy to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he probably read it when he was there, but basically it's a story of, um, 10 people. I think it's like seven women and three men who are trapped in this, in like a, uh, in a castle or something like that, basically waiting for like the plague is raging outside. And so they're just like barricaded themselves in this building and they're telling stories to pass the time. Um, and so, like, each person tells ten stories, hence the Decameron. Um, so it's, like, a hundred stories <laughs> in this huge collection. Um, so is that what us doing right now is three people telling stories? about telling stories, perhaps. Yeah, yeah waiting for the plague to, waiting go, for the plague to go away. <laughs> the <Yeah>. corona! <laughs> but much less, it's, well, but it's, it's more like lockdown. Mask of the Red Death, because it was already inside the whole time. <laughs> um... But God, oh. yeah, no, that movie was. Oh my God, I it's loved. So funny. It was so funny, and it was. There's no, there's no like dull moments. Like there's no lulls. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a very. There's nothing. I I don't. It's um, it's a very like smooth, consistent, funny movie. And every time something happens, you're like, wait, what? No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So where can one find this uh, movie? We watched it on 
Netflix, I think. Netflix. Okay. I think it was on. Nef- it was on either on Netflix or Hulu. I think it was on Netflix because we didn't have any commercials. It's right. called the Little Hours. The Little Hours. The Little yeah. Hours. It is. It is on Netflix. Um, oh, funny. And then the reason I know it's on Netflix is because when I was looking at the other things that they were uh, that they had been up to, Allison Brie um, is starring in and co-wrote along with the director and also a co-writer of The Little Hours. Um, Together collaborated on another movie that also has Molly Shannon in it. That's all. That is a Netflix original called Horse Girl, that looks completely different from what we've just described. Mm-hmm. It is a movie about a young woman who is getting to an age where, uh, like, she's you know, just trying to live her life. She's kind of shy and reserved, and you know, she's just met this guy, but her mother's passed away. She's dealing with all this stuff, and then she starts like experiencing like missing time and like all these unusual things is she a werehorse she's hearing she's hearing voices she thinks she's being abducted by aliens um and at the same time she's realizing that she's about the same age that her grandma was when her grandma started to lose her mind a little Mm -hmm. bit um and it looks not at all like little hours like Mm -hmm. it does not look fun it looks very serious and very dark um and i'm very excited to see that too I was hoping it would be secretly a comedy where she turns into a horse in this. No, it's yeah. called that because like that's one of the things that she does is she mm-hmm. like her her family owns like a farm and she's mm-hmm, got a horse. Mm-hmm. It's like you know her, there's like a scene in the tra- I watched the trailer and there's a scene in the trailer where I think it's her dad is like oh so what have you been doing with yourself and she's like you know I went to go visit mom visited my horse you know so that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you got anything else, Elise? Um, besides the little hours, um, I don't know. Really, I don't. I don't know if I've really been like watching or doing much else. Um, yeah, I don't know. Watch the Little Hours. Don't watch Dracula. <laughs> it sounds uh, like a good hate watch. I don't know. I I might have. I might have a few. Gla- well, okay, so the thing, the thing about Moffat is like as you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is good. This is interesting. I'm here. I'm here for this. And then like. After you watch it, you just feel violated. <laughs> like, why did show, I watch this? Show me on the doll where, where Stephen Moffat touched you. <laughs> it's my head. <laughs> it's always my head. Um, and your heart, but not in the good way. Um, what, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess I watched, I finished watching Doctor Who. Um, How is it? Is, is it, I, I haven't seen it. It's not. It's not as bad, like, I don't know, I'm in this weird place, because on the one hand, it's like, there's all the whiny man babies who are like, this is awful, women can't be doctors, and, you know, it's so bad, and Chris Chibnall doesn't know what he's doing, and, and like, I don't know. It's not that. It's not that, but it's also not great. There are just certain things... You know, I've always been in the mindset where I am comfortable with the plot holes in Doctor Who. Yeah. Because um, it's Doctor Who. Because it's Doctor fucking Who. Like, it's, let's, let's, uh, yeah. let's all take a step back yeah. here. Like, let's not take it too seriously. It was originally, like, an educational series for babies. and <laughs> Educational. <in> huge. <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes the size of a house. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's not... That and I feel like Chris Chibnall is like because if you watch his other you I mean the only other show that he's really known for is um 
is Broadchurch, uh, Broad Church, which is a very like dyed in the wool small town procedural. Yeah. Right. That's like interesting and does things from different perspectives, but it's a very slow moving show. And the thing, the problem that I have with the Doctor Who, it's like the most recent Doctor Who, it's like you can tell that that's what he wants. <clears throat> but that's not the show that he's on. Right. You know, he wants to do these really interesting, deep introspectives to all the characters. But then but he, it's Doctor Who. Yeah. And because it's like he's always written procedurals mm-hmm. with Chekhov's gun, you know, if you show it, you got to explain it later. And it's like, no, man, like there's so much like there's 50 years of television history. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tie all of the loose ends. And he was like, this like, is my go- job. Like, this is why I write Doctor yeah. Who. And it's like, it's like nobody throw, wanted this. Throw ideas at it. Like, if you throw darts at a board, man, we got giant killer bees and Agatha Christie. Go, write a script. Yeah. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and that's like, and that's what Doctor Who is supposed to be. And instead, he's like, I am going to take 50 years of tele, over 50 years of, I guess it's 60 years now at this point. Getting close to it. Um, yeah. Almost 60 years of television history. And I'm going to tie up all of these loose ends. And it's like, nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted this. You don't have to explain it. Is, it doesn't fucking matter. Is it because, it's Doctor fucking is, who. Is that because the BBC is looking to end Doctor Who and they want to say, we've got all the buttons. This is like, this is Tied the into a ending. little bow. I don't know, maybe. But it's also like, would they ever kill that cash cow? I, yeah. They did once before. But I mean. It took a long time. Of, again, people, and we talked about, I think we, did we yeah, talk we, about Yeah, we it? went in yeah, depth yeah, about yeah. a few and We, we did like a, an in-depth analysis of the Doctor I, Who Wilderness years, but. I, I couldn't remember if it was on this or if it was at no, the it was convention. Here. It okay. Was yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't need to. It's Doctor Who. And it's like, I don't know if they're going to try to kill it. They're like, oh, we should kill Doctor Who now before it like dissipates like we should kill it when it's kind of like just over the edge of being great on a high note don't yeah don't let it become the simpsons yeah yeah exactly and so like i don't know if that's where they're at and they're like we have to tie up all the loose ends before that happens um two of the companions are leaving which honestly it is spread like and i think i've said this before too it's spread a little thin. Mm-hmm. Like four companions is just Jesus, one, two. Four? No, not four, but it's it's three companions and, and one the and the doctor. So it's four main characters that you have to juggle and give extra time to. And it's really not fair to 13, right? right? Cause she's the first female doctor. And it's like, you know, she deserves to have some episodes on her own that get us to know, let us know who is she mm-hmm. as a doctor. Besides being all of these stupid wink nod, she used to be a man jokes, which are kind of transphobic and yeah. some like at some points, and it's just kind of like this is a little gross, people. Like yeah. I don't know. So that's kind of my my frustrations with it because I'm like, you could just let her be the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to throw on these things where there's two different timelines which explains the inconsistencies and it's like nobody needs this just just let her have crazy space adventures with aliens like who gives a shit like it's doctor fucking who why is this inconsistent well they forgot to you know yeah reverse the uh why is this inconsistent somebody was high like (laughs) when they wrote this episode why was this inconsistent because we let a 25 year old run the the series for like a year you know, who gives a shit? Scratch. Itchy clearly plays the same rib twice, but once it plays a C note and once it plays an F note. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah. Like, they, but it's like that level, and that's how Chris Chibnall is like approaching the series. And it's like, you just can't, dude. You, you just fucking can't. And I think that's now I've, I've worked out all of my problems with Doctor Who. Thank reverse, you. Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so who brings us to Alex? To me. To yes. Alex. Okay. Because we're still ignoring Nick. Yep. All right. Well, then I guess I'll talk about the thing that I did alone. And then we'll talk about the thing alone. we saw together. Alone. Um, alone. Which, okay, so... I, I had a long week. Oh, yeah, we did do something all together. Holy shit, I forgot all about that. What? No, you forgot about it, too. Okay, well, we can, you can lead oh, us in. Oh, fuck, yeah. You can lead us into I'm that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so, there was a day last week. It was a pretty long week. So, I got drunk and watched The Mummy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So yes. I I seen it. I I don't have much else to say. The last time I watched The Mummy, I was like in high school, um, and this time I was like, you know, drunk by the end of it. So, uh, it's I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of mummy posting lately. Like it's mm-hmm. come back. I, yeah, I've noticed that yeah. too. And I, and I'm not sure why, but I guess people just like looking at it and seeing it for more than just a like action film. Like it, it, it does a good job of of having likable characters that you you know can get in touch with and understand. Uh, it doesn't like play to the like Brendan Fraser is like the the action hero kind of character, but it doesn't play to like the macho like no, action character no, no. at all. Um, he you know his his repertoire with uh, what's her name the. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I've actually never seen The Mummy all the way through. Never seen The Mummy all the way through? No. How far did you get? I don't even remember. Oh. I don't. I think I've maybe seen little clips of it here and there on TNT, and that's about it. Well, if you want to borrow the VHS tape, oh, <laughs> you're welcome to it. Can I borrow a VCR and also your time machine? Like, <laughs> Yes. Um, so, I don't know. The I think it's best watched on, VC, on VHS, actually. Um, because the special effects, um, if you've ever watched, uh, you, you've seen, uh, H Bomber Guy's scan lines videos, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, the, 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 the graininess of the film quality hides a lot of the shittiness of the 1999 CGI. Yeah. Um, so trying to watch There's that a in lot like of movies that are like that. Trying to watch that in in like HD remastered edition would probably be more a, an act of like patience <laughs> uh, than trying to watch it in its original intended format, which is VHS. I bet Pitch Black is also like that too. I haven't watched that movie in a long time either. But... Yeah, but um, but no, like like it hits all the good beats, and I think the relationship between like. Brendan Fraser's character and the like rival, like his friend from in the Legion, his mm-hmm. rival, yeah. like their relationship is is pretty strong. Like they're the rivals, of course, but they were still friends, and there's still some of that there to them. So I don't know. Not much I can say about a movie that came out 21 20, years yeah. ago. Jesus, uh, <laughs> that hasn't already been said. But I enjoyed my time, and it was exactly what I needed that night. Um, and then you watch the Tom, the Tom Cruise one, right? No, getting, I, getting excited for the dark universe. Come no. on. 
No. <laughs> Russell Crowe as Mr. Hyde. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> God, like, I feel like I should throw in another League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reference, but... Uh... Were they... <sighs> the mummy. <laughs> what year did that... Was that 2018? I think so. <sighs> I can't remember. That was... That's the reason we have to say The Mummy 1999. Right. That was a wet fart of a movie, if ever uh, there was one. Like, it just never came it. and went. No. Like, no one saw it. Unless <laughs> unless you live in China. I'm pretty sure that's the only place where it actually got a release and people went to go see it. Speaking of China, I've not... Apparently, The Mummy 3 yeah. was set in China? China, yeah. Curse okay. of the Dragon Emperor or something like that. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Mm-hmm. And I think Jet Li is the mummy in that one. Well... I've never seen that one. I've seen The Mummy. I've seen The Mummy Returns. I've seen parts of The Scorpion King. <laughs> Is it just the part with the... Uh... Just just the PS2 yeah. scenes. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's all I've seen of that movie, too, I think. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I've not actually seen that one. So that one might actually be not bad either. But anyway, so that's what I did on my own time. But what we did together... Was it Chow Yun-Fat? I can't remember now. Yeah. What we did together was we saw a great movie. A great movie. Called um, The Guy with Secret Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, that one. Sorry, <laughs> I thought we were talking about another one. We did watch a great movie called The Guy with Secret Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, holy shit. I didn't shit. watch this movie. No, you didn't. No. You probably should have, though. Actually, oh, you would have hated it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should have watched it. Can you please explain what the fuck that movie was about? Because I don't know if I can. All right, all right, all right, all right. So... It's early on Qing Dynasty China. The Manchu have just invaded, and there are two brothers who are in southern China, I think. Um, it is Jet Li in the, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, mm-hmm. just for the, for the record. And they are supposedly making their living as, like, folk heroes. Fighting That's corrupt- apparently something you can do. <laughs> fighting corrupt government officials and gangsters. Yep. Uh, and so... As, but I mean that's that's just from like the back of the, the the box. Like if you were to just watch the film, you would, as far as you know, they're just two brothers who are terrible at fishing. Yeah, and that ha- stumble upon this scene where this woman is being harassed by gangsters on a boat. You've just described like ninety percent of the movie is like <laughs> our heroes walk into somewhere, a woman is being harassed by someone. Uh-huh. There's a fight. Uh-huh. Next scene. Now, sometimes that fight does not even actually end no. before you move on to the next scene. Sometimes the scene does not end before we move on. Sometimes to the, next the scene. last line of dialogue does not end before we move on to the next scene. The secret. What is it? Uh, poison flaw? Poison flaw. Yeah. Yeah, the poisonous flaw. You need to get the poisonous flaw. <laughs> so this movie, this not only is like the this the film kind of like pedestrian and it's it's plot and it's like the the fight choreography is actually really good. The fight though. choreography like, I was, is really good. Like when the fighting happens, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm here, I'm mm-hmm. down for this. Except for the sound. No, the sound is bad. The sound um, is real bad, but that's where a lot of the humor comes in. I was watching it, and I was like, man, can you imagine being used to nothing but like so watching something like this, and then <laughs> Enter the Dragon comes out? Uh-huh. And then I looked at the release date, and I'm like, oh, wait, Enter the Dragon came out like 10 years before this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so this was a Hong Kong dubbed film, and so it's it's in English. But, yeah, but like half the guys <laughs> have just like these Cockney accents. <laughs> it's like, oi, I'm from the... I'm from the uh, Birmingham Prefecture. <laughs> Wu Lei, governor. Uh, need... governor. <laughs> I can't even remember what any of the characters' names are. Yeah. 
So so that's part of it. The other part of it is like... You need to beat up the dragon gang. Oi. Like, the one that was, like, just phoning it in completely is just, like, slurring his lines yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah, one of them was clearly drunk while he was dubbing <laughs> over his lines. It was pretty amazing. Um, and then... Who was that? I can't even remember what character that I don't was. know. But the... Um, I think it was just a bit part. Uh, but the best... Some of the best parts were, like... So the sound effects for the action scenes. So some of it was bad. Like the, every time a sword got got th- thrust, mm-hmm. it was the exact same tone of like synth. Sh- yeah. It's like sh- 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 and it happened like five minutes long of just that with the occasional yeah. Um, and so that was going on. But then out of the blue, you get someone thrown through a brick wall to the sound <laughs> of a Stuka dive bomber. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there were like pl- airplane engine noises as people were flying around occasionally. And it was just like, once you heard it, you couldn't unhear it. And you just kept hearing it through the rest of the movie. Mm. It's just like, why this sound effect? Mm-hmm. A lot of just really bad stock sound effects throughout mm-hmm. it. But that one was pretty incredible. Yeah. So there was, there was a demon. The demon? Yeah, the demon was great. Um, um, the 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 way that the brothers tried to beat the demon by like hammering him into the ground. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, what were you? What were you? It like John Henry? Yeah, yeah, John Henry. <laughs> uh, beating, yeah, fighting, going against the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, what what the fuck else <laughs> happened in this? Like you, I I forgot that movie like the second we finished watching it but now it's like it's like vietnam flashbacks like i'm just like i'm getting images of him like what the fuck was that what happened what happened Uh, there was um i i can't even remember there There was there were things that made me like almost like pass out okay, i was yeah. laughing so, so hard i think i, I think any of them i think were. the best thing is from the climax of the film so spoilers for this the movie end of from the, 1983 the guy with secret kung fu which do we ever find out who the guy with secret kung fu was no that was something the, all their kung fu was pretty yeah, obvious were, it was very obvious that they all knew kung fu <laughs> everybody in china knows kung fu everybody, everybody uh, in uganda knows kung fu yeah um so i think my favorite part from the climax of this film is for some okay, so they needed to. They were in this gangster's palace, and they needed to sneak a girl out. And so, like, they knew they were happened to stumble upon this like um, coffin maker who's been like making oh, reappearances. Oh god, yeah, the coffin maker. Why like, was he a recurring character? The thing and like kept commenting on how oh the bodies are going up, business is going great. <laughs> like people keep dying left, right, and center. I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> and so at the end, though, he becomes a major plot point. <laughs> When he, I think, I think basically what happens is the brother gets like thrown through their wall. Mm-hmm. And so they end up deciding to help these brothers oh, to yeah. rescue the other girl, uh, this, this coffin maker and his daughter. And so they go up to the gangster's palace where they've Wait, been going. pause and go back to that uh-huh. part? Because my favorite thing about that uh-huh. part was, was the, the coffin maker started measuring the brother because he thought he was dead. He's like, all right, another body. Like it's, it's literally flying through my walls. <laughs> And, and then you said, wait a minute, who's going to pay for it? And then the daughter was like, who's going to pay for it? And I'm like, okay, the movie is starting to riff itself now. Like, what is, what's happening? It yeah. became self-aware. Uh, so, anyway, so a fight happens in the palace, in, like, the gangster's palace. And then it, like, much starts moving outside the palace. And there's, like, the dragon lady who's the head gangster there, and she knows Kung Kung Fu. But the real, like, big villain is this Taoist monk that yeah. was the one that actually created the demon that they killed with the poisonous flaw. You with me so the far? The poisonous flaw. Anyway, so the, um, 
they have they bring the coffin in as a way to sneak the girl out and so they they bring this coffin out to this field that they found in in Hong Kong I guess to finish this final action scene yeah um and they're doing this fighting and one of the brothers is like thrown back towards the coffin and then oh god yes with with two oh hands god, on one side of the coffin on one side of the coffin with two hands lifts up the coffin and throws it at the Taoist monk <laughs> and it makes the dive bomber noise as it flies across the screen yeah it's like on wires flying across the screen like just straight still and then all of a sudden the Taoist monk you see it from like the perspective of the of the coffin and he like jukes and jives out of the way and then like this coffin just right there and then at the end like the end the end they stuff him yeah. in the coffin and toss him off a cliff it's like a it's like and i don't a remember if it ex- wwe match <laughs> i don't remember if the coffin exploded but i think it, it probably pro- did honestly <laughs> i don't remember either but it probably did mm-hmm. that so, movie was amazing <laughs> it was fantastic and um and so like like i don't know this was this was borrowed from a friend of ours yes um, the same one that introduced you to um, to uh, the, the Velocipaster. Velocipaster, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you very much, friend. Yeah, that was amazing. Velo- and I was thinking this as we were watching it as well, but mm-hmm. the, a lot of the, the field where that final fight scene d- took place mm-hmm. looked an awful lot like the China set for Velocipaster. So <laughs> maybe they actually did go to China maybe. for Velocipaster. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't like, you know, I was like, you know what? Actually, that looks like, it looks like that place, you know, <laughs> who knows? But yeah, so that that's what we did. That's what we did together on, on Terror Tuesday, as well as, uh, what else did we watch? Was it? Uh, um... I think we watched more Castlevania. That's right. Yeah, we finished that's... season one. Oh, we f- started season two of Castlevania. Yeah. We also, when looking at the credits, they had like other great films that were dubbed by this oh, company. Yeah. Never heard. What was the one that looked like it was two <laughs> Charles Bronsons? <laughs> Death Machines. Death Machines. Yes. Which is apparently fully available on YouTube. Yeah. We need... So we might have to watch Death Machines before the next episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> Charles Bronson and Charles Bronson in Death Machines. Hey, Pally, uh, you stole my look. It's from the Ron Machini collection. Oh, the, the, the great <laughs> the great auteur, Ron Machini. Excellent. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, it's got, uh, tw- well, it's got 2.3 thousand views and 22 likes. It's <laughs> a good ratio. I like that ratio. Are there any dislikes? Um, two. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a great film then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's 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 one thing. But what was the other thing that we did? We, the we, three of us. Hiroaka. Uh, Hiroaka. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we haven't. We I forgot that we hadn't talked about it yet. That's right. Yeah, we had thoughts. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It I, was good. It was good. It was really good. It was, good. It was a good movie until um, the end. Until the you end. You didn't like the end. I didn't like the end. Yeah, it was kind of a bad like. I don't want to get into the spoilers if people, like, follow it. It's worth watching. But, I mean, I, I will say this. There will be a thing that happens that you'll go, holy shit, if you don't have your brain on, if you're, like, I get. I mean, I, I feel like this movie was marketed more towards kids than the last one. Like, I felt Which like, is weird for, like, a siege attack on Precinct right, 13. Yeah, but, this was a way darker movie than, well, I don't know. The last one was pretty dark, too, but. I don't know. I, I really liked the setup of this movie. Yeah. Where, where it was like you know, and, and I'm I'm just a, a sucker for like 
isolation like mm-hmm. yeah. things can go wrong yeah. on got, an island gotta go on out of continuity yeah. island for this yeah. assignment kids um, yeah. but out of continuity island in this case at least seems a bit more plausible it seemed way more plausible mm-hmm. didn't it yeah um and that it's I like i think we can talk about the premise because they yeah. kind of, they talk yeah. about the premise in the <laughs> thing in the trailer mm-hmm. so the the idea is like all the hero kids get sent to um it's like oh no there's not enough heroes, so we're going to send the UA students. Because yeah, you all have your provisional licenses now. Mm-hmm. We're going to send you to this island whose hero recently retired, and you guys are going to set up shop there for, like, I don't know, a month. Yeah, and, until, until we can find, and like, And don't worry, there's been no crimes there in, like, 20 years. So, like, you'll be doing hero stuff. But you'll be doing st- hero stuff like getting kittens out of trees. Yeah. Like very low level sorts of things that yeah. you can handle all on your own. Find my baby brother. Right. Like, you know, help me find my luggage. Like that kind of shit. Right. Um, and so it's fun. Like the first kind of 20 minutes is a lot of fun. It's to see really them, like, cute. Cause it's yeah. like, you see all, like all the, all the characters are there. All the class one A is there and they're all doing stuff like Kaminari is like just basically being used as a portable, like charger for everyone's cell phone yeah. essentially. Um, which is kind of funny. Um, or like the tractor that, you know, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And... and then the shit hits the fan. Bakugo is refusing to do anything, yes. which is, which is a nice touch. Um, but yeah, yeah, the shit hits the fan. Um, but like, it's weird because like, not even a racer head is there. Yeah. Like, not even Ayazawa is there to be like, "Hey, quiet <laughs> down, kids." Yeah. Like, stuff. Which leads me to wonder. Mm-hmm. How much sex were those kids having? Because if they were American kids, like three of the girls would be pregnant That's by the true. next arc. I mean, I feel like the only one who'd be actively trying is Mineta, and there's no Ugh. way. No. So really, yeah. you don't think like Tenya and Momo are like, and now our sexual tension will come to well, fruition? Well, are any of them like in an official like? None of them are in an official relationship, but like Uraka obviously has a crush on Deku. Oh, clearly, of course. Yeah. And um, but they're both too terrified yeah. to even hold hands. Mm-hmm. It's adorable because they're <laughs> both perfect cinnamon rolls, and we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, Ida and Momo. I mean, I see them as being the kind of people who, like, ten years after high school, will like wind up together, but mostly for like political reasons. Aww. <laughs> what you don't see them like like one we... Momo. My girl Momo <laughs> needs to have a love. A loving marriage. It'd be a love. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a loving marriage. I'm saying that it would be mostly about like, this is the way. This is the way that we we maintain our status as like, as as, like the heads of the class. As the heads of the class is we just merge (laughs) and form one family. Well, actually, like her, she comes from like a really wealthy, influential. I know, and so does Ida. And and Ida comes from an influential family of heroes. So I'm not saying this as a dig at either character. I'm saying that it fits both of their personalities perfectly. (laughs) That is true. That is true. And they'd make really cute babies. Um. And then after they retire from hero life, like Momo would go into politics. Yeah. And Ida would go into like managing a superhero like company yeah. or something like that. Like that's clearly where the path they're heading down. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, I'm um, saying that just be, to point out they're not going to get one of Momo's not the person who's going to get knocked up on her school trip. But Invisible Girl from Tailboy. You know what? No one's paying attention to what they're doing. It's true. <laughs> She's the only character that's in every She's scene. She's the only character that's in every scene. And so. she obviously has a crush. I mean, I thought I thought her crush on the kid with a tail is pretty canon. I too. mean, is she canon just naked all the time? 
Not all the time. Only when only she's doing when she, superhero only things. Only when she's doing superhero things. Which they think they were all in their costumes all the time during this thing. No, I think that we see her, her in a uniform once or twice, but I might be wrong. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But, but the shit hits the fan with a villain that's trying to, like... I don't know. I, it's, well, it's it's the premise, so I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, but anyway, he's trying to collect powers. All, all for one again. Again, yeah. but this time in movie form. But this time in pog form. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's the he's the edgy '90s all for one. Uh-huh. Like he's not golden age all for mm-hmm. one. He's bronze age yeah. and all for one. And so they like they they did it with science instead of through yeah. chance. And yeah. so as a result, his body is like rejecting it. So he needs this one quirk that exists in this one kid on the island. Yeah. And they're like, well, fuck it. I've got a band of villains and there's nobody there. I'll just go and fucking take it. There's but some kids UA there. is there. And the UA is there. To fuck up your shit. Mm-hmm. And it turns into like a siege movie and yeah. it's great. And everybody has something to do. Mm-hmm. Even even Mineta, they find a way for Mineta to be useful, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. In combat, out of combat, everyone's doing mm-hmm. their best. Except um, for Bakugo. And then Bakugo is the, the other big hitter for for them. But then the end happens. Yeah. And should we talk? I want to talk about this. I really want to talk about this. Okay. So spoilers for this movie. If you haven't seen it already, you're going to see it. Check it out. But You wanted to, you wanted to do like a five minute? Yeah, let's let's do a five minute. Because I don't have a whole lot to say about it, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you've got something to say. I got, I got something to say. All right. Uh, five minute timer. Starting now. All right. So when it, it basically at the end, uh, Deku's like, well, I'm like dying here. I can't keep up fighting this character. Like it's, it's, it's a war of attrition. Like they're trying to wear him down until his body literally breaks down and kills himself. And every time they think that they do, he gets another, like, he gets another stage, like a fucking Final Fantasy <laughs> boss. Basically. Um, he, he won't back down. But, you know, the heroes keep trying. And then at the very end, Deku's like, well, fuck, I'm almost at my limit. Bakugos, who's with me, is almost at his limit. What if I gave my power to him? And then he could do it with all the power. And uh, you realize very quickly, it's like, that's such a meta-breaking thing. That's not going to keep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're like, okay, fine, I'll roll with it. And then you get this, like, fairly artfully crafted scene. Like, to my mind, it was It very, was beautiful. It was, like, like of, of Bakugo with Deku's power. You know. And if you noticed, it was the first time that the kids who were sitting behind us, mm-hmm. and granted, we went and saw a children's movie... But, like, they actually shut up. Yeah. But, like, it was really well animated and really well well choreographed, that, that part. Um, and then, like, we have to think, well, I mean, the status quo is God. We have to, well, not the status quo is God, but, like, this film can't. It can't break continuity. Can't break continuity. So what do we do? So he passes out and then he wakes up and the power had given itself back to him. Mm-hmm. And Bakugo. Because he'd proven him. Worthy and Bakugo had forgotten all about it. Yeah, like he blacked out and didn't have any memory. What convenience! And I'm like, what? That's the no. That's a that's a worst way you could have done this. Hey, you remember that last movie where Deku gets that one that glove that mm-hmm. he can use three times to use his full power and then it breaks and yep. then he never asks like the genius designer who loves designing things for him. Hey, can you design a glove like this for me? Here's mm-hmm. what it did and here's how it worked. So, but yeah, no. So like. Like, what I was thinking, like, as the movie was happening is, like, 
there's a much better, more in-character way to do this. Yeah. And that is to have Bakugo give it back. back. I was thinking the same thing. Because Bakugo would, like, yeah, in the he moment... He wouldn't keep it. He wouldn't keep it because he wants to prove that he can be the greatest hero without, like, and beat Deku at his own game, mm. which yeah. is just raw power. And so he wouldn't want that. He would want to give it back to him so that they can have their fight that they've been promising the, to do. The only yeah. problem that I'd have with that mm -hmm. is I don't know if it works that way. I don't know. I mean, as far as we knew, it didn't ha work the way that they said it did in the movie, where he could just give it, like, by touching him. Like, you thought you'd have to he eat. He doesn't touch him. Because it's, it's, it's through bodily fluids. Uh -huh. So both of them have their hands cut at that oh, point. Gotcha. So they hold hands uh -huh. and their blood mixes together. Okay. Ew. So, yeah. No, it's gross. So they they have a they're blood brothers now is what mm -hmm. you're saying, um, but yeah so so that's what I that's what I was thinking and that's I think what you were thinking and that's what a lot of other people that saw this movie were thinking, but I don't know I get I'm I get the feeling like that's such an obvious like easy solution I get the feeling that the writers must have thought of it, mm -hmm. but maybe like the the producers or or the or whoever is like yeah. no 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 we we got to it's it's not panning out with the the target audience like panel that we've got just forgets like, the whole thing yeah just just kind of do that like it's too convoluted to to have that happen and after the climax like yeah. no just anyway but that that one scene it didn't ruin the movie cuz the movie in my opinion is i think better than the first movie i'd agree with that yeah and the that I think yeah. stops it from being like way much better than the first yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we still got like a minute yeah. left. I think the I think of spoilers the cast. first movie had a better set of villains. Mm -hmm. The again the villains in this is like it was very nineties, <laughs> um, like very edgy. Like mm -hmm. oh we're gonna destroy the world that rejected us. Yeah. Which, I don't even remember what the villains in the first movie did, but I, I remember it was more interesting than that. I mean, kind of, but there was, like, the, the reveal that was totally, totally, like, this guy that you had seen, you know, is totally working for the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, shocker. Um, but, yeah, no, like I say. All right. Besides that, fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've got about 15 seconds left. So, you know. My lipids. <laughs> um, oh God, was there anything else that happened in that movie that I want to address? I don't know. It was it was solid. Um, other than that, one thing. Other than that, we're one just waiting thing that we are done talking about now because we're past the five minute mark. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, anything else, Alex? About that movie or about anything? About anything. Um, let's see. I played a lot of video games, uh, but they're all video games I've played before. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have the cash to buy any new video <laughs> games. Mm. Um, adulting sucks. Adulting. Yeah. I did my taxes. Ooh, I haven't Ooh. done that yet. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So so your your time. What, how long have we end? So yeah, your yeah. time to spend the next hour of a podcast Ooh. talking about what yeah. you've done. All right. So I've been watching the shit out of some movies. I played. I'm gonna start with video games though, because I feel like the video games that I've been playing will be easiest to talk about. Um. So Doom Eternal's coming out. What is this? Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. Yeah, the new Doom game. Uh. Have you not been following the memes? I've been following the memes, but I I thought you said do the turtle. Do the turtle is coming out, yeah. Doom it's got Eternal. a candle on it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, Doom Eternal is coming out. Uh, and I never beat 
2016 Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back into that. That game is fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I stopped before. Um, no but, time. Yeah, maybe. But I'm most of the way through it, and I've been like going. I've been I've been stretching it out a lot. Like I don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been like going back to levels that I've already beaten and like trying to get all the collectibles and like level up all the weapons before I go on to the last level. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that game. Once you get high enough with like some of the le- like, cause you get the weapons and it's like okay, like do any any standard Doom game. You got the you know, the shotgun, you got the BFG, you've got the chain gun, blah blah blah. Um, same weapons from like basically every game with like maybe one or two additions, but each of those guns has a weapon mod that you can unlock and like add on. (laughs) And then each of those weapon mods, you can upgrade using points that you get for doing ridiculous shit in the level. (laughs) Um, and then at the end, once you've fully upgraded it, there's a mastery bonus that you get for completing a special challenge with that weapon. Right. Um, that you just use to like get something stupid. Um, and so like by the time you unlock enough of those things, like the beginning of that game, it's like, oh no, it's, it's one hell night. Oh my God, this is so hard. And now it's like, oh, there's like 10 hell knights and like five cacodemons and a summoner. Cool. I've got the siege mode upgrade where I can move around while using siege mode and just like blast the shit out of all of these things. And turn them all into big puddles of goo in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so perfect. Like everything about that game from the way it's presented to the tone to just the way it feels jumping around is 100% exactly what it needs to be. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I don't know, I was into Doom. I got into Doom kind of late. I was actually into Quake before I was into Doom. Um, but it made me want to go back and play the original Doom again. So I bought it again on the Switch because it's like five bucks. <laughs> and so I also started playing through the original Doom and I went through all of the first level in like a day. Nice. Or like the first, um, what do you call it? The first episode in mm-hmm. a day. Um, the Switch port of that game is fun. Uh, I can't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm unless I'm playing, uh, Brutal Doom, I can't play the original game on a keyboard anymore. No. Because it just it feels wrong based off of the way that modern Because FPS you're using is you're using the the arrow keys? Yeah, like the original control scheme is funky. And if you try to do it with like a mouse and keyboard, it's all like slip slidey around and it's hard to aim, at least in my opinion. So unless you're doing like uh the Brutal Doom mod, which makes it feel more like a modern FPS game mm-hmm. with like the doom skin slapped onto it mm-hmm. um then it's very hard to do but on the on the switch with the thumbsticks like even just sitting on the couch I, I was watching some other stuff while playing doom it's like it was nice it's like a fun little fun little thing have you have you tried playing any of the checks quests not recently no. um i played i played the shit out of those games as a kid so mm-hmm. like that was the first i know we've talked about yeah. them before i know I was just wanting- checking in to see if you've actually gotten around to not recently no i i kind of want to go back and play the original quake again through honestly <laughs> um because doom 2016 kind of plays more like quake than it plays like a doom game mm-hmm. um it's also neat because the switch game also has downloaded map packs that you can get for it like any pc game and like the one there was one that came out fairly recently that was designed by john romero called sigil um, and I downloaded that one too. And that's supposed to be hard as shit. So I might get to that after I've beaten the rest of it. Um, 
but that's where I've been in terms of video games. I still haven't beaten Doom 2016 yet. I'm, I'm almost there, but I'm holding off. I probably won't be able to play Doom Eternal right away. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know if I'll have the money on the day that it releases, but I really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other problem is that Final Fantasy VII Remake is also coming out next month. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I'll have the money for both of those and mm-hmm. also pay my taxes. <clears throat> um, but God... Uh, I played the demo for for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh my god, that game. It might be one of the best games of the year. Like, just based purely off of the demo, Mm -hmm. everything about it is so... It it is everything that I wanted. I still am not... I feel like the voice actors, when I saw them in the trailer, all sounded really doofy. Um, But for whatever reason, hearing them actually in the game, it, it sounds way better. Like Barrett's really gruff and dismissive, and you like you feel the contempt that he has for Cloud. And as um, um, Jim Sterling pointed out, uh, Jesse is adequately horny for Cloud and just absolutely wants to get all up on Cloud's spiky dick. <laughs> um, it is it's, good old dick. It's kind of funny because Jesse was like a very minor character in mm-hmm. the original. Um, but she's going to be more of a major character in this one because they've expanded the Midgar section to the entire game. Um, so they broke the the game up into three different sections. And Jessie is like a, a, a side character. You don't even ever get her in your party in the original game. Um, she's just kind of there and like has dialogue. But like everything she's saying is like, oh, Cloud, like, how are you doing? Um, and so like one of the very first things that she says is like, hey, who's the new guy? He's pretty easy on the eyes, like kind of a thing um and then like she's setting she's like hacking into a door to open it up and she's like hey you know tifa right uh, it's not any of my business but are you guys like close <laughs> she's just you're like you like you're like jesse we are committing an act of eco-terrorism right now could <laughs> you not <laughs> could you could you take like five steps back and let this mercenary help blow up this power reactor please <laughs> Um, the combat feels amazing in that game. It's so much fun. I, I haven't played a Final Fantasy game in so long and I didn't think I would like the, oh, it's like act, you're like running around and attacking and like swapping between party members. But like, once you get the hang of it, it feels so natural that I really do enjoy the way that it feels. Um, and it looks like Final Fantasy seven. It sounds... I heard some people complaining about the music being toned toned down. I think the new score sounds beautiful. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's it's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. If it's not like if it's not the best reviewed game of the year, I will be very surprised. <laughs> um, but uh, what else? So those are the games that I played, and then I watched a shitload of movies, like a garbage bag of movies garbage garbage day day. um because it was my birthday fairly recently and my loving wife elise got me a uh subscription to shutter which is the horror movie streaming service and so i've just been watching movies on there that have been on my to watch list for forever um so i'm gonna start with the easiest one to talk about uh which is chopping mall Mm mm-hmm um chopping mall is hilarious uh, is that it, the one with the robots yes yes um it's real good uh it's it's about it's a 1980s movie it's about a shopping mall i remember seeing uh what is it 
there was a podcast that, mm-hmm. what is it the, the we hate movies it might have been on we hate movies i think it was on the we hate movies podcast that i listened to like a few years back but mm-hmm. yeah no i've seen a lot of people talk about it mm-hmm. it's pretty well known um it's you know a bunch of horny 80s teens working at a mall and they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna stay in the mall after closing and have a sex party which is like all right, guys, you work here. Like, <laughs> have some don't, have some respect. Don't shit where you eat. Which, in fairness, spoiler alert: the two characters who actually survived the movie are the ones that basically have that same attitude. So I feel like the movie's on my level. Um, and yeah, so the mall has uh, recently installed a new security system with these three robots that go around. And they'll, you know, they'll scan people's ID badges. And if someone's like breaking into the mall after hours, they'll like harmlessly like in- in- incapacitate them in some way. Like there's, they have tasers. And these robots and, and... now in the 2020 mm-hmm. exist. They yeah. just drown themselves. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Um, but there's an electrical storm the first night that they're supposed to be active, which coincidentally is the same night that these kids are having their sex party in their uncle's furniture store or whatever the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's in a furniture store. Of course. Of course. Um, and so the, the robots go haywire and they start killing teenagers. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's real good. Um, it's like an hour and f- like 17 minutes long, which I feel is all that movie needs to be. <laughs> You know, you you got the poster, you've got the title, you got killer robots. There's, there are some people who are like actual people in that movie. It's none of the teenagers, but like some of the background characters, it's like, I recognize that character actor from somewhere. Um, that was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was one of them. I also watched, what else did I watch on there? I watched, I feel like I watched something else like the night that I got it. Now I can't remember what it was. Um, but the ones that I really wanted to talk about, there were two, um, because they're kind of counterparts to each other. Uh, and one is the taking of Deborah Logan, and the other is a wailing. Uh, is the wailing? Excuse me. Um, have you heard about either of those, Alex? No. Elise, have you? Have you heard about these horror movies I'm going to be talking about? The wailing. The wailing. How long does it have to be in order for it to be an episode? <laughs> I mean, technically, we could be doing. We, we could have been done. We could, like, we could be done whenever. But I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna talk. I'm bringing you in, bringing you into the conversation about these horror movies. Where's the timer? <laughs> no. Five minutes. Um, five minutes per movie. We'll be here all night. Five oh minutes. Five minutes per scene. Um, I'm going over here now. So, um, so, the taking of Deborah Logan was the first one that I watched. Because it's one that's been on my, oh, yeah, he, these are underrated horror films from the last decade. You should totally check them out. So I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I was familiar with the premise. Um, and the premise is uh, it is a possession movie mm-hmm. with the twist. Of, it's, a, it's a possession found footage film with the, the twist for it being the person who's being possessed has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're filming it is it's like a doctoral student is documenting her case basically for her like senior thesis pretty mm-hmm. much um, like her, her final like case study sort of a thing. And so she's like, she's hired a documentary crew to help her finish that. Um, it's set in Virginia, which is kind of fun. 
Um, I think it is a place that does not actually exist. Well, what, where in like fictional Virginia? Is it it's, up in the mountains? It seems it... to be out in the mountains. Okay. Because um, they mentioned that uh, the place where the, the doctoral student is coming from is Roanoke. Okay. Um, and they also have to say like, oh, well, you know, her case has gotten really bad. So we've brought up a specialist from Richmond. Um, but it's, it's in a fictional place. I think it's, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Cause it's got a really stupid name. And every time they said, it, I'm like, that's not a real place, but now I don't remember what it was. Look, there's a lot of places in Virginia with stupid names. Okay. But it's, oh, it's, um, eczema, eczema, Virginia. Ex- yeah. eczema. Yes. You got eczema. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not a real place. Um, but look this up. It, it, yeah. Um, so they're documenting it and it's like, it's, it's an interesting little twist because it's like, yeah, if you're documenting someone who is, you know, in the, she basically is at the beginning of the movie. She's at the early stages of, of, um, of, um, of the, I keep saying the wrong word. <laughs> um, Alzheimer's. She's in the early stages of Alzheimer's at the beginning and then kind of towards the middle they're like okay it was very advanced and she's like kind of deteriorating rapidly um so they say yeah it's like it's a it's a neat little twist because like you know the characters are like well she's just she has alzheimer's isn't she's, eczema just a disease yeah i know that's why okay. i'm like that's not a real place <laughs> um but what was i saying so they're like yeah like she's just you know she's suffering from this disease and she's like you know she's dying from it and it's sad but it's like that totally explains why she's acting weird um and that's a great premise and you can play with that a lot and my big problem with this movie is i feel like they didn't play with it at all um they kind of play with it towards the beginning and then towards the end they're like hey here's exactly what is happening which i hate Mm -hmm. when a movie does that Mm -hmm. especially if it's supposed to be a supernatural horror movie because it's like hey what what's the motivation of the demon in the exorcist doesn't doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's a demon and it's doing demon shit and it's like incomprehensible like all-powerful cosmic evil and it's terrifying because it is happening to this sweet, innocent little girl. And you can do something very similar with this premise. Because, like, you are doing this to someone who's already being victimized. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do that? And then you find out, oh, here is what was happening. Which, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Because the twist for this is so goddamn stupid. And I hated that I watched the movie after I found out what the twist was. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So the twist was that 40 years ago... In, in this fictional town of, of Eczema, Virginia, there was a um, there was a pediatrician who was from Quebec. I don't know why he's from Quebec. I think because there's a part where the woman starts speaking French and they needed a reason to explain that. Mm-hmm. Like, why is she speaking this foreign language that she doesn't speak? Um, so he's from he's a he's a pediatrician from Quebec and uh, he was diagnosed with some like incurable disease um, but he found out about, and are you ready for this bullshit? Found out about a local Monacan legend about this snake demon that lives in the mines. And the Monacans sometimes would go and sacrifice teenage girls to this snake demon. And in order to gain eternal life. 
I'm gonna have to ask my friend who is Monikin oh, about this. Oh my god! And while how they got it, away with this, it was it was the absolute worst. Like that was the part where I'm like, no, fuck this movie. <laughs> I still watched the rest of it, but I'm uh-huh. like, okay, it's gonna be bullshit from here on out. Because I was I was in up until that point, and then they were like, local Monikin snake, like don't use an actual tribe mm-hmm. if you're gonna do this kind of thing. Like I think I talked about the movie, um, uh. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what it was called now. It was like a Russell, Russell Crowe um, cannibal western movie um, that I watched a while back. Uh, and I was worried that it would fall into that trap. And they specifically have a Native American character played by a Native actor mm-hmm. who comes in and he's like, hey, these guys are freaks and don't belong to any tribe. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, not a real, not supposed to be any group. Not supposed to be a real belief system. These are fictional mutants. Mm. Awesome. And so the fact that they had to drag, like, a real, like, existing group of people whose culture is still alive and thriving today in Virginia, it's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So... So this this uh, Quebecois pediatrician who was dying of an incurable disease finds out about this local snake deity <laughs> and starts sacrificing teenage girls to the snake deity. And then you find out that the daughter of Deborah, the, the woman who has been possessed, was going to be his last sacrifice to this deity so that he could live forever. Um, but he got found out before that happened and like the neighbor found oh actually the mom found out and killed him like deborah logan found out and killed him Mm -hmm. um but then he possessed her and he just had to wait for her mind to be weak enough that he could take her over which when that happens because it's a snake deity she also develops magical snake powers including being able to like spit venom and like shed her skin and unhinge her jaw. And so the entire like last 20 minutes of this movie is just a fucking chase scene where she's captured this girl from a hospital and is running around these fucking mines like, and they're like trying to stop her and she's just using snake powers to get away. It's bullshit. Um, It is, it's such a great premise that gets so botched in the execution because mm-hmm. again i was in I'm like that sounds so interesting like because that's already terrifying right mm-hmm. you are dying of alzheimer's and you know you're dying of alzheimer's and like your your family is around seeing this happen and it's just like sad and it's tragic and also on top of that you got to deal with the spiritual warfare shit um but no snake deity and they stop it but do they question mark like there's a there's like there's a stupid sing, stinger at the end as they always have for leading to like oh did he transfer to the other to the girl that he had captured and it's like i don't fucking care like the <laughs> second you tell me like that's the reason why the exorcist 2 is considered so bad is like the second you fucking tell me that it's like oh it's not the devil that possessed this girl it was an ancient sumerian demon called pazuzu and here's his reason for doing that and it's like fucking who cares who who cares um which takes me to the next movie that i watched that oh god what (laughs) yes there's another one there was another one there's actually more that i couldn't remember um but the reason that i want to talk about these because i watched another possession movie Mm -hmm. called the wailing which is a south korean film and that movie was fucking great Mm -hmm. and it was not at all what i was expecting it to be it is like two and a half hours long and the bulk of it, it's like, it's a police drama. Like, it's a procedural. It's a family drama. 
Um, there's like supernatural elements in it, but you don't mm-hmm. quite get a full scale of what is happening until the end. I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but it, um, so I won't talk about it for too long, but basically what ends, what the story is about is the main character is this kind of bumbling policeman in like this very rural out of the way village in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been these, the string of like mysterious killings where people have just kind of seemingly snapped one day for no reason and basically just like killed their entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all have like these weird things in common. Like they're exhibiting the same kind of weird behavior before it happens. And they all have this weird skin like rash on them after they're found. Um, and they kind of go catatonic after people find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like investigating it. And as the investigation goes on, it's like, there's this weird Japanese guy just kind of around. Mm-hmm. No one knows who he is. No one knows why he's here. There's one guy that claims that he saw him like half naked in the woods, like eating a deer carcass. Like what's that about? And so like, the story becomes like the, the police officer starts to investigate is investigating these crimes. And he's starting to think that the Japanese guy, something has something to do with it. Um, and then his daughter starts to act strangely and she starts to develop a skin rash. And so he's like, fuck the Japanese guy is targeting me now. And so it becomes like this personal, like game of cat and mouse between this police officer. Who's kind of like starting to run off the rails and like, trying to take the law into his own hands and this mysterious Japanese guy. And then there's also a character who gets brought in, who's like a deacon in the Catholic church. He's like training to be a priest. Um, And there's like a traditional South Korean shaman who gets brought in. And so it's this really interesting mix of like all these different cultures. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, Shintoism and Buddhism and Catholicism, all kind of trying to deal with the same problem but not being able to set aside their own differences long enough to realize that they're working like that. They're not necessarily working at cross purposes. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some twists at the end. I'm still trying to process exactly what happens in this movie Mm -hmm. because like the ending of it, it gets like so dour and you're left with kind of this feeling of what actually was going on throughout this film Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's it's 100 worth a watch it it, it, it's another one of these ones just like the take taking of deborah logan that i kept seeing on lists of underrated movies from the last decade you haven't seen yet and taking of deborah logan i thought was absolute dog shit but this movie was incredible and it wasn't it wasn't scary. Like that was the great thing about it. Like it was tense and you wanted to know what happened next, but like, and there is a little bit of gore here and there, but there's no like jump scares. Mm -hmm. There's no orchestral stings. It's all, it's, it's a lot like the exorcist in that even, even less so than that. Cause exorcist did have like, Ooh, booga booga, like captain howdy kind of stuff. Spider climbing down the stairs, that kind of a thing. But this was all just like very slow build, not knowing who to trust. There's a lot of paranoia in this. I feel like this movie probably says a lot about 
like Korean mindset, if that makes sense in terms of like history and like their view of religion. But I don't know enough about Korea to be able to say with certainty, but it's like, I feel like this movie is saying something with like, why is there a Japanese character here? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's saying something about the relationship between Japan and South Korea but I don't know enough about it to be able to say. <laughs> and like, obviously the history of, of Christianity in Korea is very fraught and complicated as well. And so the fact that there's a Christian character in there, who's also kind of like bumbling and doesn't really know what he's doing and kind of is dragged along through all these like very morally reprehensible things. It's like, I feel like this movie's saying something, but I don't know enough to be able to tell you what I think it is. <laughs> But it's fascinating, and it's absolutely worth a watch. Okay. And it's called The Wailing? The Wailing, yes. Does it have anything to do with whales? No. W-A-I-L. Oh, whale. Well, well. Yeah. Okay. So what about the five other movies that you saw? Oh, <laughs> I, those are the... I, I, honestly, I did oh, watch some other movies. I did watch some other make movies on there. But I honestly don't remember what they I were now. I regret getting you this for your birthday. I've watched a lot of movies on there already. Um, but we, we should watch you and I, Oh my God. we should watch, no, cause this oh. is the, the, the TV series that's on there. The Deadlands, the one about the, uh, Maori warrior who's come back from the dead and is like fighting a zombie apocalypse. No. Sounds interesting. I'd watch it. Sounds nice. You've told me about it. I know. That's what I'm just bringing it up. Anyway, I think that's going to be it for this week. Cause we've gone way longer than we usually do. And I think Elise is turning into a puddle right now. <laughs> All right, so... I'm sobbing. <laughs> okay, sobble. Sobble. Um, so thank you all for listening to our, our oh podcast. God, make it stop. That's what I'm trying to do. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> and this has been Some Nerds of a Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Good night.